It's time for your Wednesday Exchange with Teresa Tulipana and Brett Kaufman, where we discuss upcoming trends in leadership and education. Howdy, howdy, Brett. Hi. How are you, Teresa? It is the most beautiful day in Kansas City right now. It's the most beautiful the day. The most beautiful day. The oh, sun is shining. The temperatures are amazing. I better get out yeah. of bed. Yeah, you better get out of bed because it's nice out there. Yeah. <laughs> Go hit that beautiful uh, patio that you have. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, so uh, how was your week? My week was great. You know, it's uh, been a, a good productive week, a week that's been thought provoking. And wow, you know, just a lot going on with schools making decisions and businesses making decisions. So how was yours? Uh, well, it's been it's been a, a you know, until until schools start getting back into the flow, it's it's kind of you know I need to give them a little bit of time. Absolutely. Uh, so it, it's not as it's been productive from my standpoint of I've been able to kind of get caught up to things. Yeah. But, but I man I really miss getting into schools. Same with teachers and with students, you know, and with parents. But yeah. I just you know just different times right now. I saw yeah. I saw kind of a cool thing. I wanted to I wanted to just yeah see if you saw it. I saw a really cool thing about how they went back to school during the nineteen eighteen pandemic. Mm. And I didn't, um, didn't see that. So so most places did not go back to school. Okay, so like Kansas City, St. Louis, uh, even though Kansas City was kind of a center for the pandemic. Uh, we, we were kind of a hot spot for the pandemic back then. Uh, but New York, Chicago, and, and one other major city put the mm -hmm. kids back in school. And the reason they did is it was, a, it was the progressive era. And most of those kids lived in tenements. Oh. And, and so they saw it as a, as a public health. Uh, it was a, an essential in public health to keep the kids away from the adults and the tenements oh. so that they, so that it wouldn't, you know, because it was cleaner at school uh, and they were more likely to get uh, they back in those days, they had quarantine tents. And so they were more likely to be able to f see who had the, the mm -hmm. flu and get them and their family to one of those quarantine tents before they spread it. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. How would something like that work now? <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to have quarantine <laughs> tents. <laughs> that, you know. Is there, do you think there's anything we can learn from it? Well, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but will we? No. No. I mean, okay. no. no. We're, we're such a different society than we were back then. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. And, you know, gosh, was uh, Johnson County yesterday, right, um, mm -hmm. said not safe to go back to school unless 
the next two weeks see a drastic change in community spread. So, you know, right now we've got, you know what I think the hardest part is, is uncertainty. You know, if people just knew answers, like knew, hey, we're going to be remote till Christmas. And I think we've said this before. It's the, yeah. un- it's the unknowing that's the problem. But here's what we do know. Kids are going to be learning remotely in a lot of places. So how can we support parents? Like, do we have any ideas or tips or or strategies that might, you know, let's, let's make the best out of it. Yeah. So is that what we're going to focus on today? A little bit of I think structure? We should. Yeah, okay. I definitely think we should. Okay. Um, and you know what I, I, here's what I want to say before we get started. I predict that any of the tips that we provide will not just work if your child is 100% remote, they would also probably apply if you're in a hybrid method. And if you're back in school, they may be tips that could also enhance home learning or homework time. So you know what? There's something for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you want me to start? Well, and the other thing is some of these are age specific, okay. right? Good because, point. Yeah. Good point. But, yeah. Because... You know, I, I feel for people who have kids in elementary school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the younger, the more I, I think, wow, that's, that's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be a challenge. Right. So let, why don't we go ahead and get started on, uh, yeah, on some tips. So, you know, time. I, I think one of the tips and we actually talked about this tip for ourselves on one of our very first podcasts when we talked about how to do remote work from home way back in March. And we talked about if we want to be successful with remote work, we need to probably have some sort of schedule. Yeah. Because absent a schedule, it'd be really easy to get distracted by things we would you know, maybe want to be doing instead of needing to be doing. So I think that's the same thing for parents. It's a basic tip. Create a schedule, post that schedule. And I think this would apply for any age. You know, use a timer if you need to. But in your schedule, you know, don't forget things like taking a break you know, getting away from screen time, maybe going outside, getting some physical movement, you know, make sure that you embed those things. And if you're on Pinterest and you see somebody else's schedule and their kid is up working at 8 a.m. till 4 and you know that your family's schedule, like 8 a.m. is not going to be a good start time, don't feel pressure. Like, think about your family. Think about your family's current routines get those down and then work around them. Because if you try to change everything, I think any schedule might not be as successful. So that's one tip. I think that's critical. And I, I like that because I, I wish I, I find it difficult in this time right now that we have not figured out that time, the, the, the idea of time is a, is something that is man-made. We can control it. Yeah. And like you said, we don't have to start at eight. We don't have to end at four. We, we don't have, you know, for kids, 
we can we can do a lot of different things with it. But I I agree with you. The kids need some breaks. They they with remote learning. I just I really worry that they're gonna that schools will ask kids to be especially in high school mm-hmm. will ask kids to be online for seven hours a day. Oh, I hope not. Um, and I, you know, I, I know teachers would, you know, teachers are working really hard to get through their lessons at this time. Yeah, I know. And they don't want to, you know, they, they don't want to let kids down. They don't want to let parents down. They don't want to let, you know, they want to keep teaching, mm-hmm. but we got to kind of get to the foundational pieces this time at this point. Absolutely. And just, and just concentrate on the on that. Mm-hmm. I'd say another, another thing. Um, is use the opportunities that you, that are already abundant. For example, we talked about how what a nice day it is right now. Yeah. Okay. So if you're home with your family at this point, use this is field trip time. Okay. It, and if we, you, we love that topic. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, like, yeah. get out, get an app on on your phone to recognize trees. You know what kind yeah. of tree it is just by the by the, the leaves of the or something. Yeah. yeah. Same with this. Get out into your neighborhood. Go look at some trees. There you got a and birds or whatever it is. There you've got science covered, right? You've got you've got some biology going on. You are looking at at things a little bit differently. You're looking with more of a scientific mind, and that's mm-hmm. good for kids all the way down to. Uh, like about second, third grade can do these types of things. Yeah. You know what? It reminds me of this activity that um, we did with kids when I taught third grade, but you could do this all the way to preschool is like, take like either a hula hoop or like a round thing. It doesn't need to be as large as a hula hoop, put it on the ground, lay on your tummy in the, in the yard and just look and see what all happens within you know, I would recommend smaller than a hula hoop, but like a 10 inch circle. It is amazing if we could get, when we get down close and just do some observation and what a great skill for kids to learn just to, to look and observe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, another thing is to play cards, you know, great math, Play, play Uno, play, play some cards. Okay. It teaches yeah. kids to take turns. It teaches kids patience. It teaches mm-hmm. kids to finish something all the way through. It gives right. them, it's, I mean, it's, there's a lot of different things that you can do any kind of game. Okay. Yeah. That's, those are types of things. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, like the reading, having the kids read, reading to the kids. Uh, these, you know, these are things we, I mean, we can, what, what lights up the brain more than, than reading is, actual experiencing mm-hmm. things but yeah. when you read about something all of those same the visual auditory all those same centers in your brain light up as mm-hmm. if you were actually doing the experience absolutely absolutely you know and so i think some of the tips that we've provided so far you know, some parents aren't going to have the luxury, I'll call it a luxury, of saying, hey, in the middle of the day or whenever, 
I can take a walk or I can play card games because they're, they're maybe having to work too. Right. right. So p- some parents are going to need some, some tips or some structures to manage keeping their student or their child engaged in learning while they're also trying to juggle work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think in a schedule can help with that. But I think also creating that, that learning environment, like that place, you know, the place. Like this is where mom or dad goes to work. This is where you go to learn. And, you know, we all don't have extra space in our home to create those learning environments. Um, I actually saw on the Today Show this morning that, um, you know, people that are using the kitchen table, they're saying, you know, get a get a little rolly cart from Ikea or wherever, put all your supplies in there so that it's not always set up. Because if you set your dining room table up for the learning or the work part, we don't want it there 24-7. Right. We need to be able to put it away so that there's like some some change, some shift between work time or learning time and home time and free time. So I think, you know, think about the environment and think about your own kids' needs, whether they're young kids or older kids, like what distracts them? Do they, if you have multiple kids, do you need like, you know, a little screen? Do they need to be in different areas of your home? And I don't know how, you'll have to tell me how high school kids feel about this, but elementary kids love going school supply shopping. You know, getting that school supply list and going and getting your new crayons. And even if your child is not physically going to a school, you can still make school supply shopping an event for your family. You know, do little things to make it special. So that's one of my things. Find the environment, get the right supplies so that you're, you know, removing any of those barriers right there. And I know that a lot of school districts are, you know, if they if they have gone to remote learning, they are still, you know, even, you know, I think I think of all the families right now that are out of work. Mm-hmm. OK, where they're they're worried about, you know, they can't even go buy anything right now right. To, to go to schools. But I know that some of these school districts, um, some of the urban school districts and some of the suburban school districts that. Yeah. Um, that are working on this right now, they are, along with giving out the device, you know, at the device, uh, yeah. they're also given the backpacks uh, yes. and, and given supplies, which again, make that a big deal that, Hey, we got to look at all these school supplies that we've got. Yeah. Let's know. set up your little area, you know, let's get a tub to put everything in so that we can, you know, slide it under the coffee table when we're done for the day yeah Yeah, make it make it special and i'll tell you if you're a parent at home right now and you're and you're wondering how am i going to get some books for my child to read how am i you know what all right so a a great resource in kansas city and i'm sure in other cities is the uh we have we have the mid-continent library system yes and i'm i'm sure it's similar in other areas but you can get a mid-continent library card just by signing up and using your email on their, on their website. And they will send you like Kindle books. Like you yeah. can, on the device that you get from school, your child can check out books 
on that yeah. device to read. Hey, so, I do it. I love the yeah. Midcontinent ebooks. Yeah. Yeah. The, and those ebooks, as such, it's a, you know, they're just like a library book. You got two weeks to read them, right? Yep. And so you got kind of that time frame to keep moving. And, uh, but, but you can check these books out and those, and the kids can kind of get into that system and see it. And it's there forever. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. always have access to it, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a great tip. And I think everyone should have, my personal opinion, everyone should have a library card. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a great resource in our community. So, so get your library I, card. So I'm thinking about like, as a teacher, the key thing for me um, to help students mm-hmm. was was having them write. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And it and uh, so a tip that I would tell parents is this. Don't don't always have your child write on the computer. Yeah. Okay. Because the computer will correct them. It will autocorrect their spelling. It will autocorrect some of the grammar problems. And, Mm -hmm. and that, that does not give them any feedback that they've got a a problem. And so have them do quick writes with you. Have them have them write a little bit about their day. Have them write just have them write for you. They, they don't need to write for class because, you know, if the teacher's assigning it, that's great. But if they're not writing, to me, indicates whether a student can read, how uh, fluent they are, how how their vocabulary is progressing, and it's important to have those kids write. And when you look at it as a parent, just just look for the things that you know. Look for the capital letter at the beginning of the mm-hmm. sentence. Look for the spacing between letters and words. Look for the punctuation at the end. Look for the fluency of the thought. Do the, do the fl- thoughts flow from one thing to another? Just does it make sense to you? And then give, that stu- give your, your child some guidance on how to improve. And, don't, and pick one thing. Don't pick, don't, don't pick it apart. Don't make it a you know, uh, 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 all red marks on it. Just pick one thing and say, you know what? I think you can do better on your capital letters. So mm. why don't you go back and, and, and work on the capital letters and write this for me one more time. Yeah. Get into that because you're going to, this is something I'm going to tell you, Teresa, this is something that I see across the board in schools that, Students are the students that are in trouble that that aren't progressing grade grade level wise. Mm-hmm. It shows up in their in their writing, and what I keep I keep I'll, I'll tell this to parents and I'll tell I'll say it out loud so teachers can hear me. A lot of the times that what I get from teachers when I show them this and a kid's in eighth grade and they're not capitalizing the first letter of and <laughs> or using punctuation is the teacher will say, well, that's not my job. That was supposed to be done back in second grade. Yeah, I, yeah. That's not my job. And that, that like for another professional to say that to me, like, yeah, I want to, I, I just, I get, I can't believe that they could say that. So I'm going to say this to parents. I know I just do this and you will improve your kids uh, you will improve your kids' skills so significantly 
if you can just help them with this, with just writing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Another, another piece of it is chores. I mean, not, not like chore chores, but I'm talking like helping cook lunch or dinner. Yeah. Reading uh, a recipe is yeah. a really good learning experience. Yeah. Just having them figure out how to make their own macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. What is a, a third of a cup of whatever? Yeah. Right. Right. And just have them, you know, and then it honestly takes a little pressure off you too, you know, that is uh, true. And so, you know, and, and there is no reason that they can't help out around the house a little bit during this time. Uh, and that, that's a skill that they're going to learn for, for ever. Yeah. How to keep, how to keep things tidy how to keep things in their place, how to organize. These are skills that they teach them in school. It might as well be something that you, that you invest in at home too. Absolutely. And you know what um, your, your tips that you just gave, which I think are great, you know, just simple things that parents can do to kind of enhance the learning. But Mm -hmm. one thing I, one thing I also want to say to parents and to teachers, just like in the last one, you said to parents and teachers, is if they're engaged in remote learning as a parent, remember your job with the curriculum, not with these extra activities that enhance learning, but with the curriculum, your role isn't to teach that curriculum. It's to help your child understand it. And that teachers are there as a resource for you. And don't hesitate to reach out to them. I know when we closed down in March, you know, everyone was frustrated. We were doing the best we can. But the educators I spoke with weren't getting a lot of um, outreach from parents. Mm -hmm. You know, they were hearing that kids were struggling, but there wasn't a lot of uh, two-way communication about it. Teachers are there and they want to help teach your child. So don't think that as a parent who's also working from home or working out of the home, that you're now the primary teacher. You're the person who's there to support the learning, to help your child understand, to enhance their life. All the things you just talked about, reading, writing, all that. Like, I think that should go on whether we're in a pandemic or not as a role parent. You know, use the resources. Schools have lots of resources available. And all you have to do is tap into them. Make your job helping to put in, be to put in some strong structures to help kids understand. But don't think you have to teach them about calculus. Because I couldn't teach anybody about calculus. (laughs) Let's just be honest. Well, and that's, I mean, when I, whenever I think homeschool, I think, I think, you know, and I'm not being derogatory towards homeschool, but what I know about myself with homeschool would be then my kids would never be, they would never get calculus. They would never get algebra. Right. Because that was not my strong suit. And so my kid, I can only make my kids as, as well-rounded or I guess not as well-rounded as, as what other people could do. Right. And so, you know, that's a, that's a, a, a problem with, you know, and I, I agree with you. You just need to, to lean on those teachers because they can help you. And I'll tell yeah. you, 
I'm going to go back to the writing piece. Okay. Okay. You know, it's uh-huh. going to be, you know, it's going to be an email to that teacher. Right. And I'm going to say this. I was told this by a pretty smart guy one time, uh, a superintendent. And he said, you know, problems are solved at the lowest level. They are not solved by getting the most, you don't sending, sending your note to the superintendent is not going to solve your problem with your kid in a class. It's not, it's not going to solve that problem. He, that superintendent is going to refer it back to a principal who's going to refer it back to a teacher. Right. Who's then going to contact you. And we've just gone around and around and not gotten anything done. Uh, And I will say, you know, when I said practice your writing, Mm -hmm. have it starting at about sixth grade on. Okay. If your son or daughter does not understand what is going on, have them voice what they don't understand where they did understand, you know, like have them say, I did understand it up until this point. And then now I don't understand what is being asked of me at this right right here. Okay. Have them tell you that and then have them write it to their teacher. Have them write the email to their teacher. You don't send it, just have them write it. Okay. And then read it over, look at it. If it looks good to you, have them courtesy copy you, your, the parent. Right. And then, and then send that to the teacher. It starts with, at that level. It starts student to teacher. And then the students are saying what they need. Then that yeah. teacher can, can, you'll be courtesy copied on all the rest of the, of the, of the email exchanges. So you'll be able to see what's coming back and forth between that teacher and yes. your, and your son or daughter. Okay. And then if you need to step in and say, Hey, wait a second, I'm, I've got, I've got questions about this. You can do that. Mm-hmm. But, but start with that. Start with, by developing, because one of the skills that we want our kids to have is being able to communicate their ideas to other people. Yeah. And how reflective okay, and to get, figure out when I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, it's just a critical piece. I think there's so many skills that we can teach our kids through COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, just the skill of caring about other people. Yeah, absolutely. Whew. Well, Brett, I think I have two that we can end on. Okay, let's hear. Are you ready? Yep. These, to me, these might be the most, the two most important tips for parents right now. <laughs> so we'll see if you agree. The first one, stay positive. You know, this may not be ideal and you may not agree with what the school's or the community's decision is about remote learning or in-person, but don't put that burden on your child. You know, stay positive because if you stay positive about the experience, your child is going to be more eager and ready to engage in a healthy way. So stay positive. And then also as a parent, take care of your own needs, you know, do a little self-care, you know, it's stressful um, helping facilitate remote learning as well as taking care of your household or your job. So stay positive, especially in front of your student or child, and then take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yes. Those are great ones to end on. And 
I'll, I'll tell you what, we need to take care of each other right now. I mean, we got, there's a lot of people out there that are hurting, have lost their jobs and, and they're, they're starting to lose their houses and a lot of kids who are, we, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was, uh, you know, it's always been a, I, I feel like our country's always been lucky not to have a second great depression and I hope we don't, we don't ever get to that again. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I just hope we can get things settled and get back to to uh, working. I agree. I agree. So everyone, mask up, wash your hands, physically distance, and let's kick this pandemic to the curb. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right, Brett, another great Wednesday exchange. I always enjoy it. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, okay? All right. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Uh, This has been the Wednesday Exchange with Teresa Tulipan and Brett Kaufman. Have a great week and we'll see you next Wednesday.